Hey everyone, Ian here, one of the site pastors from Cardiff North with an exciting podcast for you today. As a church, we are trying to find new ways to help you engage with Jesus and grow in your faith at this time when life looks so different. So for the next few weeks, I will be joined by some of the other site pastors to reflect on the preach from Sunday and talk about how we can practically apply some of the things that were mentioned in it. We know that it's so easy to hear a great talk on a Sunday and have the best intentions to put it into practice. But by the time Monday morning rolls around, life has got in the way and we've forgotten what we've shared. So hopefully this conversation will help you to think again about the preach and provide some insight for how you can connect with Jesus. Today I'm joined by my wonderful wife, Soph, who leads the Cardiff North site alongside me, and Paul, one of the site pastors from Cardiff Central. So let's get started. It was a good Sunday, wasn't it? It was. You guys smashed the notices. Thank you. Very kind. Well, I'm, I'm yeah. going to say one take Douglases. That's what I think. That, that is definitely <laughs> not true. Sophie okay, one take, one, one take Sophie Douglas. <laughs> I think I lost count of how many takes we did. The worst one was when we'd, pre- we'd gone through all of the notices. Sophie delivered two very good uh, plugs on different events. And then... We got to the last bit and all I needed to do was pray for the service. And I just had a complete mind blank about how to transition into prayer. And I just froze. <laughs> and Sophie was like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, I think we need to start again. It's, it's always reassuring when your pastor doesn't know how to transition into prayer, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I just had a complete sense of humour failure. I was like, seriously, are you joking? And uh, <clears throat> promptly signed up for the marriage evening shortly after finishing. <laughs> yeah, I think that tipped the boat. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing better oh, than trying to do notices together. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're in a new series, the Book of James. James Rankin was very keen for this series. His, uh, <laughs> he fought for it hard. <laughs> his his book. Yeah, I mean, the series is called Real Faith, uh, and it's, I'm excited for it. I'll be honest, I'm really excited for this series. I know. I think the plan is for us to look at it over a number of weeks and go into some real depth, give it you some love real time. You love book, don't you? <laughs> it's yeah, true. I do like spending a lot of time in one book. <laughs> it's a good thing. Uh, it's- James called this talk, Real Faith Perseveres. Um, and, that, and I was just reading through it again this morning. Verse 2, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. What a way to start. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, man, I know. Um, imagine reading that. I mean, what a challenging thing to read. Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials. I mean, where do we, where do we even start with that? What, what do we do with that? Sophie? <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Uh, it is challenging, isn't it? And I think it's really appropriate for our current moment that you know there's no denying that this is a really difficult season for everybody for a variety of reasons we've all got different experiences of what's going on depending on our circumstances but the whole world is going through a crisis and it seems almost weird to suggest that we should consider it pure joy you know this doesn't feel like a happy joyful time when people are celebrating so how on earth do we consider it pure joy and I think for me the bottom line is it's about perspective and I think the only way that we can find joy in the midst of this is through Jesus and I think through having a perspective of the bigger picture 
you know, like a perspective of heaven of the, that this is a small moment in history. And that no matter what happens, God is for us. He's on our side. That's the only way we can find any joy. And I think it's okay that we don't have to feel happy, but joy is something deeper, I think relates to like a trust in knowing that ultimately things will work out, that ultimately God works things out for our good. So yeah, it's not necessarily, I'm not having the most fun I've ever had. I'll be honest. I am, I'm finding this hard and I, um, had a little cry yesterday thinking about (laughs) (laughs) not just being isolated with Ian, just (laughs) just thinking about the things that we're missing out on, you know, seeing Mm. friends from a distance is wonderful and zooming friends is wonderful, but then you actually, it kind of compounds how much you miss them. It's really hard. So I just have to keep taking that to Jesus and being like, do you know what? I have to, I have to go through this with you. I have to cling tighter to you than ever before um, and just find my joy in him. Yeah. yeah, and I guess not being afraid to grieve what is lost in this season. Yeah. And, you know, we are facing a trial as a nation like we haven't done for decades. And it's an odd way to frame it, isn't it? Consider it pure joy. And I think it's both perspective, as you mentioned, Safe, and it's also what the next couple of verses go on to talk about in terms of what it produces in us. It's verse three and four. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. I know that's not always how I view trials and I know that's not how most of us often view trials. But what would it look like to say, God, would you refine my heart and my character through this? God, would you grow me to be more Christ-like through this? Would you use this to change me? I think it's interesting if we were to go back and reflect on the trials we've been through over the last few years. And you know, many of us as either individuals or as families will have gone through really difficult scenarios and situations. How have we responded? What has it looked like? And in this scenario, in this trial that we're facing as a nation, unlike individual trials, it is impacting our culture's philosophical view. It's unpicking it. You know, the shift we've seen in the short period of time already to comfort and happiness not being the highest priorities anymore. Or the way that we're thinking more of our neighbours and the vulnerable and we're rejecting some of individualism, you know, unless it comes to toilet paper... But as that happens, it reveals us. Uh, it, it makes us feel uncomfortable or vulnerable. And I think it's really easy when that happens to bury our head in the sand and go, oh, you know what, I just want to binge another Netflix series because I just don't want to think about it. I want to numb myself. It's like, well, this is it. So how do we respond? And I think that's one of the big questions that we all need to think about rather than just going, okay, I'm just going to ignore it. I'm going to bury my head in the sand. I'm going to binge Netflix. I'm not knocking Netflix. Like I love it. I've been watching The Last Dance, like Michael Jordan, the Michael yeah. Jordan series. I know you and I were chatting about it a bit. I absolutely love, love it. It's great. <laughs> but it's also a game. Well, what does it look like to bring it before the Lord and to allow it to change us? I think there's two words there: the perspective that Sophie initially mentioned, and then Paul, you started to talk about response. That our perspective of trials and then our response to trials are two really key things that just stood out to me as James was speaking. And I know that for me, I don't, when stuff comes up, I mean, so will vouch for this, but when stuff comes against me in my life, 
um, my response isn't always a positive one. I don't always have that perspective. Sometimes, you know, James talked about sometimes Charles just hisses in the face, don't they? Come, they just come against us unexpectedly. And, and it's not always easy in that moment to respond with joy. It takes a level of self-control to be able to step out of that situation, to look at it with a perspective that sees Jesus in the midst of it and to respond in a way that is almost more controlled rather than a reactive response. Mm. Um, James talked about the dangers that we face when we're under trials, didn't he? Like two responses of the, da- the danger of giving up when we're under pressure and the danger of turning to sinful behavior. I just think he, he really hit it on the head with that, that there are those two dangers, those two responses that we can so easily go to. I loved his um, analogy of him in the marathon and just wanting <laughs> to like give up and like go join the crowd and um, <laughs> pretend that he wasn't even part of it. And that can happen sometimes, can't it? You can be in the middle of a trial and you just go, I don't want to be in this anymore. I'm just going to leave this. I'm, and you see people do it. You see people make that decision, whether it's family life, marriages, work, whether it's different things that they're doing, they just, they just give up. They just say it's not worth it anymore. And then there's the other side of the response that James spoke about, you know, when we turn to behaviors that aren't good for us, when we fall into sinful behaviors, um, whether that's addictions or, um, alcohol or pornography, um, whether that's uh, just being more angry and bitter and revengeful, you know, all these things that he spoke about, they're ways that we, the more natural responses that we might have when we come under pressure. And I suppose the whole theme of James's talk on Sunday was around that real faith perseveres. And I was drawn to that verse 12, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. Because he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Blessed is the man who perseveres. So, you know, this whole idea of persevering under trial, um, I guess, how do we do that? I mean, James, that's the big, that's the million dollar question on this this subject, isn't it? How How do we do that? How do we develop this perspective of joy and see our trials for what they are? Um, and then how do we persevere in the midst of them? And James shares a, the practice for him that he finds really helpful is fasting and, and how um, denying himself food is something that he finds really helps to focus him, whether it's in prayer and focus on God. And I just thought it'd be good to, um, to talk about fasting for, for a bit, just um, to unpack that. That might be helpful. Yeah, that's great. It's, it's funny. I, I've not necessarily had a long relationship with fasting. Didn't grow up in a church where it was a practice that was really spoken about or done. Um, I remember being a teenager and I think being inspired, having come back from Soul Survivor, the Christian festival. I was like, I'm going to fast. And then I got to about half 11 in the morning and I was like, I'm so hungry. <laughs> and then I was just like, I don't know, this, is, this doesn't seem that good. And so then I, I stopped. Uh, and then um, that was kind of it for a number of years. I think post-university, I tried to fast one day um, and just ended up with this cracking headache about 4 p.m. I was like, well, this doesn't seem healthy at all. And so again, like put it down for a number of years and really just... Uh, didn't engage much with it as a spiritual practice or even looking into it. And 
I, actually through um, James teaching on it and through you, Ian, because I know that um, fasting was something you were taught right from pretty much day one of becoming a Christian. And so it kind of was beginning to go, oh, okay, you know, this is something I really need to take seriously. Uh, and then listening to John Mark Comer, who's a, a pastor in the States, that he, he did a great series on it as well. And I was just like, I've got to give this a go. It was also through an amazing man called Clive Wilkins in the church, who a couple of years ago, Legend. Um, absolute legend. Part of your guys' North um, Northside yeah. community. Uh, we miss him so much uh, down at Central. But he spent some time with me a few years ago just going through a month at a time a different spiritual discipline. Um, and, and one of them was fasting. And it was like, oh my word, this is it. And I can remember, remember saying to him, like, this is something I've never done. Uh, and so we just started with baby steps of just doing, uh, you know, lunchtime and talking through really what it was about within it. And so all of those things mixed together helped me understand it. Uh, and just seeing it as, as a way to worship God through my body, as a way to prioritize the things of the kingdom, the perspective of the kingdom, um, but also to not see it as a magic bullet. I remember hearing at university one of my friends be like, oh, it just, it makes your prayers so much more effective. And I was just like, oh, I don't know what I think about that. And then I, you know, in that moment, I used that to react against it. But so I've just been on a journey over the last few years of, of giving it a go and beginning by fasting with just one lunchtime and having breakfast and dinner and going, okay, what does this look like? How does my body respond? And taking it wisely as well, uh, you know, building up then um, to fasting more regularly, one or two days a week. And then just a few, a few months ago in January, just felt the Lord say to me, I want you to fast during February. Uh, he didn't really give me any reason why, but as an act of obedience, felt like I should. So I did. Um, and that just looked like uh, not doing it on weekends, but just Monday to Friday fasting, um, uh, not dinner. Um, and occasionally not breakfast if I had done. I'd, I love CrossFit. People would chat to me failing at the time. They'll hear me talk about CrossFit. And sometimes <laughs> it was just like, I can't. I, I need a little bit of a tiny bit of breakfast. And so I'd work around it. I'm not saying it was, it was perfect. But for me, what it looked like in those times was just coming before the Lord and, and, and coming to prayer and it being a tool to help me when, my, when my, my, my stomach kind of panged with hunger to be like, okay, Lord, let me turn to your kingdom. Let me turn my attention and pray for your kingdom to come. Let me ask for your will to be done in this moment. Let me ask for your wisdom. And they weren't necessarily long or really profound prayers, but it was a tool to help me come into the presence of God and say, you know what, God, your will is more important than mine. Obedience to you is more important than my hunger right now. And you know what? The Lord didn't do anything profound in that time. I didn't come away being like, oh, you've downloaded this amazing thing to me. I was just like, okay. Lord, you've asked me to do it. I'll do it. I hope you've changed me through it. Um, and so that, like, that's been, I guess, a bit of my journey. You alluded to it that you kind of think, oh, I'm going to fast and it's going to be this great experience. And I think the reality is, especially the first few times you start fasting, you do feel really hungry and you will be really angry and grouchy. And it's like, <laughs> Oh, man, it brings up some stuff, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm... There's probably been times when I have fasted since I've been married to Sophie and I'll come home and she's like, have you eaten anything today? I'm like, no, I haven't. She's like, I can tell because you're so grumpy. And it's just like, it can have that effect. And it's something to grow in. It's not something that comes naturally. It's not a natural thing to deny ourselves food in the same way. It's not a natural thing to have joy when we're under pressure. So it's, there's some interesting parallels, which I think is why it's such a good practice to have a go at. Um, on so on that, 
Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I was just going to say on that, for people who have never done it, mm. how do we begin? Because that's mm. one of the things we want to do, don't we? We, we want to help equip people to spend time with Jesus. So what does it look like yeah. to actually begin that process? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love fasting, which I know seems to be And I think it's, it's about kind of training you know James used the analogy of running the marathon and running the race marked out for us and persevering and you can't do that without training and we're not spiritually prepared for trials if we haven't been kind of investing in our time with Jesus we're much more likely to be able to um, have that kind of heavenly perspective if we're regularly spending time doing kind of spiritual practices like fasting and in terms of getting started I think it's quite helpful and um, maybe to partner up with someone and do it together and almost be like accountable, but also encouraging one another in it. And um, I would say like what you did, Paul, just dropping one meal to start with is probably quite sensible. I think mm. when I first did it was when I was really pressing in to pray about something towards the end of university about a decision that I had to make, my mentor suggested. It can just really help to focus you during a season. So I thought I'll give it a whirl. And <laughs> um, so I... I dropped breakfast and lunch and waited till dinner. But I think I had dinner at probably about 4 p.m. <laughs> I love that. It's something like, no, dinner's a very early meal these days. Yes. You normally um, have dinner at two. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I think for me it's, it's about being kind of spiritually prepared. And I love the way um, Jesus talks about how, you know, your father will see what is done in secret. And it's mm. about kind of that thing that, you know, other than perhaps sharing with someone else to encourage you along in the journey, it is something that is just between you and God in that secret place. And, you know, what could be more intimate with God than something that is just a secret between you and him? Like that's mm. so precious and just an opportunity for like you and he know what's going on and you know that you're pressing in, but you don't necessarily share it with other people. It's a very personal, deep, intimate, spiritual practice. And that's why I love it. Um, but I should say, you know, at the moment, I'm in a season of life where fasting is not recommended. It wouldn't be appropriate. I've got a seven-month-old little boy who I'm feeding. So it's just not um, something that I'm doing at the moment. I haven't done for a while. So I kind of miss it. But um, there's a number of other spiritual practices as well where, you know, perhaps for people where it wouldn't be appropriate for whatever reason. I've been exploring the different ways that I can connect with Jesus in this season. And Right now, it looks like taking the opportunity when um, my little one goes down for a nap in the morning to then come to, you know, James talked about having a particular place where he goes to pray. And I just settle down on the sofa in the same spot with my Bible and with my journal and just kind of write to God and spend some time with him and listen to him and use that time. And the other thing is worship as well. I just find that I need to be particularly in a difficult season more so than ever just need to be surrounded by worship music um, and sometimes it's just a particular song it's like the truth found just within one song keeps you going there was a season where I was really struggling because I had absolutely no control over what was going on um, in my life or at least it, it, it felt like that and I just needed to be reminded of the one who was in control and just spent every morning listening to the song and um, that goes like 
it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. And I was just there, like, drying my hair or putting my makeup on in the morning, going, this is how I fight my battles. I spend time with Jesus. I just reflect mm. on the truth of who he is, and this is how I fight my battles. So, you know, perhaps it's, it's journaling, it's listening to worship. There's different practices other than fasting. But it's just, it's about being spiritually prepared, isn't it? And spiritually fit, so that when we face trials, we've got that perspective. And so you don't feel like you're starting from scratch when something has suddenly blindsided you. You're like, oh, I'm completely like spiritually all over the shop. I'm not ready to deal with this. And which I've definitely been guilty of in the past. And I guess it's just a process of learning, isn't it? It's like, oh, actually, it is easier to take things to Jesus when you spend time with him more regularly. And you don't feel like <laughs> he you're it. Up the phone for the first time in a year being like, oh, hi um so sorry about you know haven't really chatted to you but i really need your help right now yeah which is fine which is fine i've done that and if you're in that place sometimes you know and that's you know better than completely pushing him out mm. altogether isn't it that's so good some really helpful insights into fasting itself and then for those who may be fasting it's not the season for them or it's just not appropriate right now just to think well what is that what is that practice that I could take up or press into right now that will just help me to focus my mind on Jesus, to lift my eyes from the situation and look to him? For me, just on the back onto the fasting, I just, I've always felt, find it challenging with any practice, how to start and finish. I often found that when I would um, spend time fasting, I would maybe wake up one morning and go, oh, I'm going to fast today. Or maybe I've got to 11 o'clock and I've gone, oh, you know, I haven't eaten for three hours. So maybe it Might should as well be a fast. fast. I'm already ahead of the game. <laughs> and I've, actually, I've actually found that there'd been days when I had intended to fast and I'd woken up knowing I was going to fast. And then you'd get to about nine or 10, someone would offer you something to eat and you'd be like, oh, okay, eat it. And then suddenly, oh, I wasn't going to do that today. And actually, to be more intentional about the way I begin a practice. So to go, actually, Lord, I want to dedicate this time to you, this day or whatever, and say, and just enter into it in prayer and conversation with him. And also finishing a fast. By the, by the time you've finished a fast, you're like, just give me some food. <laughs> so I, true. I mean, I've broken fasts with like chocolate chip muffins and usually with something Probably. really unhealthy, <laughs> all sorts of things. But, um, you know, it's always great if you're fasting, like so said, with somebody, particularly if it's like a family member or someone to break that fast together. That's, you know, maybe you fast together with your small group or something. And when we do normally meet together in homes, it's great to break the fast that way. I definitely have had some times where I am like preparing dinner in the evening after fasting. <laughs> I just find myself up saying, like, I've picked at something. I'm like, oh no. Oh, Being raw onion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just biting straight through. Um, but I, I've definitely tried to get into the rhythm of when I'm about to break the fast, just again, centering myself in prayer and coming before the Lord and going, God, thank you for this day. Again, to like bring myself back to why have I done this? It's not for the sake of fasting. We don't, you know, the spiritual disciplines are not doing them for the sake of doing them. They're doing them to connect with the Lord, to become more like him and to give him glory. And so it's like, okay, well, that's the, that's the purpose. So what rhythm do I need to do? Lord, I just want to come before you again and give you glory. And I think that's been key for me. But yeah, I mean, I've done it with like, pop chips i love barbecue pop chips little barbecue pop chips other pop chips are available they're not as good I like that breaking a fast with that man that's that's the dream for me 
Whatever brings you closer to God, Paul. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's barbecue pop chips. Anyone who's on leadership year will know how, how close yeah, barbecue yeah. pop chips bring me to the Lord. Great. <laughs> we know what to get for when he's finished up that. Um, guys, it has been so good to just revisit Sunday with you today and just, just remind ourselves what it was James was unpacking from this passage and, that, and just to talk a bit more about fasting and some of the practices that we can do in this time. So yeah, we'll be back next week with looking at the talk from Sunday. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'd love to know how you found this podcast and how you're connecting with Jesus at this time. And if there's any way that we can help you in that, just email info at cardiffinyard.org. I'll be back again next week with some of the team and we'd love you to tune in. Have a great week.